welcome to Watch the Throne. Oh, what a lovely day. This is episode 54, The School for Good and Evil from 2022. 2022. That's the year. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we are back after years away. We've missed mm-hmm. movies. We're going to catch up with those movies, but this is a new release. We figured we would do this one first. And sure. so here we are. Hello. Talking about a two and a half hour long oh, Netflix movie. Man, it's, a, it's too long. That's it's, my first note. It's the longest movie I've ever seen in my entire life. It's it's like longer than Silence by Scorsese. The one thing, before we get into the background, before we talk about anything, I'm just glad that Charlize seems to be having fun in this. Yes. Because that's good. If if she mm-hmm. was miserable or like bare, like less in it than she was, I'd be like, why are we watching this? Yeah. But it seems like she's having fun. So too long is like one of my... Only few complaints, kind of like uh, um, we'll get more into it. I don't think I'm the demo for this anymore, like the demographic, no, no, necessarily. no, no. And there's a lot of other stuff like this that has passed through my eyes, but we'll get there soon. So, this is on Netflix. If you do not know what this is, best friends Sophie and Agatha find themselves on opposing sides of an epic battle when they're swept away into an enchanted school where aspiring heroes and villains are trained to protect the balance between good. And evil. Hmm. Is that all it says? That's the IMDb logline. Okay. They left out a lot about like fairy tales. Everything. And uh, being the descendants of very famous good villains and... Nepo babies. Villains and evil. What? Nepo? Nepo. Yes. The Nepo babies of the fairy tale good and evil uh, heroes and villains. It's crazy. So we have here as the cast of note, Sophia and Caruso plays Sophie. She is the blonde haired one who goes to the school of evil. Hmm. Who... Hold on. We have a Oops. we have a here we could do the So she's best known for originating the role of Lydia Dietz in Beetlejuice on Broadway. So oh. they, they did the Beetlejuice thing and oh. she won the Theater World Award, which is given to an outstanding debut in theater. So okay. she is like a song and dance. Right, Broadway gal. I'd yes. like to see Beetlejuice on Broadway. It looks fun. I love Beetlejuice. She kind of, by the end of the movie, had a real uh, Millie Bobby Brown 11 from Stranger Things kind of vibe. So did the character. Yeah. Yeah, I could see that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Sophia Wiley as Agatha is a Disney girl from shows like Andy Mack and High School Musical, the musical, the series, among Wait, many others. High School Musical, the musical, the series? Oh, you don't know about that? I mean, what is that title? Oh, that's so that's where like Olivia Rodrigo came from. Okay, okay. And her she has a song in this movie, but that's just I don't know why they called it that, but I love the title. I've never seen the show, but I love it's the fun. title. It's fun. Does Zeph show up? I don't think any of the I don't no, think no Vanessa OG. Hudgens or Ashley no does legacy it. I think, cast. I don't think so. Okay. It, if Zeph was in it, we would have known for Zach Attack, and I don't think he was, but good point. Uh, we've got Kerry Washington in here as the dean yeah. of the good school. Miss Django. I love that. Our Woman of the Hour, Charlie Theron, as Lady Leonora Lesso, the dean of the school for evil. Now I have to ask, Joey, she had sort of like reddish hair. Did yeah. you recognize her? I did. Okay. I talk often about Joe's inability to recognize blonde Natalie Portman in Song to Song. Because mm-hmm. he's like, who's this blonde Natalie Portman? I'm like, you mean Natalie Portman with blonde hair? Like, I have <laughs> hair blindness, but like when I'm following someone, especially Charlize, okay. and you know. She had... Um, Natalie Portman had like pink hair in that one movie. Closer. Closer. Okay. We haven't covered Closer. Uh, we covered Song of Song for the Gosling podcast. Right. But I don't know. I wonder if Joe watched Closer if he would recognize Natalie Portman with pink hair. Don't tell him she's in it. Joe, we're going to we're gonna do Closer this week in Clive Owen lap. Oh, he did that great movie with, um, whoa, Shoot 'em Up? Shoot 'em Up's yeah, good. Yeah, that was yeah. fun. 
We just did um, Inside Man in the last couple of months, so we did a Clive Owen movie okay. recently. Was that Wesley? Uh, not Wesley Snipes. I'm sorry. Was that Spike Lee? Yes. That's okay. I didn't see that joint yet. That's good. Uh, we got Michelle Yeoh as Professor Emma Anemone, the beautification teacher. Yes. Barely in the movie. No, because she's everywhere, everywhere, always at once and twice and whatever. <laughs> she's you would all think the that place. she could be in this movie. True, if she had that power. If yeah. she's a multiverse. Mm-hmm. Wasted. Uh, Lawrence Fishburne as the, I guess, the dean dean of the school or something, the, yes. the headmaster. Yes, the fish. And this is what we always assumed in like every other thing we've done like this. His daughter loves the books, and mm. so he's in there because of her. Okay, all right. This is based on the book series. Yeah, and I just saw that it's like a book or, or graphic. No, it's books? Okay, because I thought it was a comic It might be graphic book. novel. I don't know. Okay. Um, I have some, I don't know the guy's name. I should have written the guy's name down, but also in the movie, Peter Sarafinowitz, Rob Delaney, yes. Patty Lupone, mm. Rachel Bloom, and Kate Blanchett, who's the narrator. Rob Delaney's in it for like a minute. All those people are in it for like a minute. I know. We've got to talk about later, like how this is long, but feels like a lot was still cut out of it. It feels like a TV series condensed down to a movie. Good. Yeah. I was thinking that too. Uh, oh, the guy who wrote this is Soman Chanani. Uh, Sorry, um, butchered that name. Uh, the author, he makes a cameo as one of the teachers in the School for Evil. So he's in the movie that's somewhere fun. as a cameo. I like that. So the backstory to this, because the IMDb trivia for this is depressing. There's nothing. There's like nine things, and like one is good. Okay. But the wiki has too much information. Huh. Uh, so a little balance, internet, please. The first book comes out in 2013. Okay. But in 2011, I don't know why, two years before it came out, a film adaptation was considered. So I guess they're like, this is going to be oh, big. Cool. We're going to adapt this. All right. So Universal paid seven figures for the rights and the screenplay. They're wow. like, we're going to do this. We're going to own this. It's going to be ours. Script finishes in 2015. So two years after it comes out, four years after they consider it, whatever, gets stuck. doesn't do anything. Mm. Two years after that, 2017, Netflix buys the rights, I guess, from Universal. I guess. And it's like, new team, new everything. We're going to start from scratch. Wow. So then they brought in Paul Feig. They brought in all these different people. Yeah, Paul Feig. I didn't. That was a surprise when it's a directed by Paul Feig at the end. Because they said there was a there was a quote that he had in Wiki that if you want to read it in verbatim, you can go on uh, on the Wiki. But it was like he's like, I don't know if I should do because this isn't my thing. And then he read the screenplay, like the screenplay, like the characters. He's like, I'll, I'll try. I think, it. I think it's close enough into in his wheel. He did Freaks and Geeks, right? So he knows like teens, and he yeah. did Ghostbusters, so he knows effects, and he did a lot of like romantic comedies and stuff. So I think he'd get the tone of this for sure. Um, the, his, his idea for this was to make it not Harry Potter and not Disney. So I don't think you can anymore because Disney kind of did a show like this. My niece watched where it was like all the daughters and sons of like, you know, Captain Hook and like Cinderella, like they all went to high school together. So that's this. It's yeah. Like that's. I, w- I was kind of waiting for an opportunity to say that, but like I wasn't sure if it was going to come up in notes that I'm not saying plagiarism or anything because everyone can get the same idea. But those were I like they use Disney names. They could use like the sure. you know like yeah, these feel like these are uh, public domain. Right, we're sort of dancing around certain things. And I love the idea of this. Like I like right. the idea that there is all the stories that you have grown up knowing and hearing those characters have to come from somewhere. And so they go to a school to learn how to be good or evil so that they can become like these archetypal characters yes. that then everybody learns from. And I love that idea. Yeah. I actually love that. The core sort of idea of it as well, the world and like the conception of the world is just, I don't know. 
if it's fully realized to its potential in a single movie. I don't know. And like the, there's like six or seven books. They've uh, they've they've huh. They've uh, Paul Feig has said that he would consider they're considering a sequel. They're thinking about what could be because like critical reception was mixed. Yeah. But if the audience loves it, because Netflix doesn't care if critics like it. It's just if people watch it and people are talking about it, they're going to do more. Yeah, even if you don't like it, like us, you know? Yes. It's like, oh, it doesn't matter if they gave it a thumb up or a thumb down or a double thumb up. They watched it. Yep. You know, we get that click. The double thumb up is, is crazy on Netflix. I don't know if I like that or not. Uh, I use it very sparingly. I'll just say that much. There used to be, like, years and years and years ago, back when I was getting discs and, like, the, the advent of streaming, uh-huh. the Netflix algorithm was incredible. Yeah. Like, I had rated, like, over, like, this was before Letterboxd. So, like, I, I remember, every single yeah. movie that I had ever seen, I had rated. Mm-hmm. And the prediction of whether I would like something or not like something was so good that I was like, I don't know why more people don't do this. Cause like, it would be like, if there was a thing that was like four and a half stars, be like, I'm going to love this movie. Yeah. Yeah. And then Netflix got into the original content game. Right. And suddenly all Hammer. of Netflix's original content, like Lily Hammer, Lily Hammer, um, all of those, like, you're going to get this five stars. I'm like, I'm probably yeah. not. And like, they, they sort of shot themselves in the foot, but there was a time where it was so, so good. And yeah. now like, I, I don't know what doing a thumbs up or double thumbs up or thumbs down actually does. I don't know either. Cause the UI is already so terrible. I don't know. But I also remember when you had to get the things, the discs mailed to you and before streaming was very uh, widespread and you could go and like rearrange your queue and you yeah. know, that was a lot of fun. Then, then that's where you would rate them. And then, yes, I agree. Like, the good old days. <laughs> I would. And so Montez still gets discs. I think Bob, my co-host, on really, they still send discs. They, they're they're still making money, but they're not making nearly as much money as they used to. But both Montez and Bob still get discs in the mail. Okay. But my favorite like way to scam, not scam really, because I would pay for it, is that like two days before the end of the month, I would go from one disc or two discs, whatever I would, like the normal one was, to seven or eight. But they would only charge you to the end of the month. So like it would be an extra like dollar. Oh. But they would okay. send you like six discs. All right, matchstick man. And so then as soon as they all shipped, I would go down to one. Mm. And then so you wouldn't get another one until so you returned all eight. But I would basically be paying a dollar because like the, the, the slowdown that. was always the 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 one day they send, the one day they receive. Yeah, so you right? get them all at once, kinda. So I get nice. eight. And so I just send them back, you know, watch whatever. And I would do that every month. And they never changed it. Cool. So the Charlize news that I have, the Charlize involvement, whatever that I have, is that okay. after she finished F9, which we will get to. Yes. Can't wait. I have the whole podcast, Too Fast, Too Forever, with co-host Joe Two. He has been on this show before talking about fates. Uh, we will do the F9 episode when we get to that this lap. So probably in May, we'll do an F9 episode with him. But after she finishes that movie, pre- uh, producer Jeffrey Kirschenbaum hmm. asks her if she wants to portray, quote, a different kind of villain. Like she'd done similar things with Snow White and the Huntsman and stuff like that. And she's like, I want to really like lean into like and really kind of ham it up. And so she signed on. She'd worked with Paul Feig on Arrested Development. So I don't know if he was a writer or a director. I don't know what he did. But in the Mr. F. Yes. Oh, I wish I had the Mr. F sound effect. eyes only. Man, I wish I had the Mr. F sound on here. Mr. (laughs) F. But she worked with him on that. So she's like, oh, if he's doing it, I'll get involved. And then once she was on board, Carrie Washington was like, oh, Paul Feig and Charlize, I'll join them too. Cool, cool. I loved, I love seeing Carrie Washington here as well. Uh, I didn't know she was in the movie too. And I don't watch a lot of stuff that she's in. So it's cool when she pops up. She's great. But that's all the sort of the background that I have on this. There's a lot more okay. in terms of the production. I think they shot a lot on location in, obviously like there's magic and stuff that like right. is CGI, but like he Which, wanted to make it seem... 
like fairy tales. Yeah, yeah. There's, so they shot in the UK. Yeah, it's man. I could have sworn. I don't know if it was this or if I was watching something else. But there is, you know, there's a nice, beautiful restoration of the uh, wonderful world of the Brothers Grimm, which was like one of those old CinemaScope movies. It was, mm-hmm. It's a beautiful copy, finally available. And I thought I saw a location from that in this, and I was like, wow, they went to like actual story. They might have. I don't know location to do some shooting or something like that. But regardless, I think. There's nothing wrong with the way this movie looks. It is gorgeous. I think is one of the main reasons I kept watching it so hard was to like, because it looks so good. I think the the special yeah. effects are just like as you know as good as they can get and used really well and everything. So well, that's the weird thing about this is that the movie is not made for us, but I think other than its length is pretty good. Yeah. Again, I don't like it that much, but right. I think for what it's trying to do, I would imagine because they also said there was specific because I don't know the books. But they said that they weren't going to like directly adapt it because like they would never be able to pull it off. And so they sort of wanted to get inspired by it. So I don't know if people who read the books love this or not. Okay. Um, but it seems like they did a thing and they pulled it off well. Yeah. There does seem to be a lot kind of like on the cutting room floor, even though it's long. Like, you know, I think you said it might have been it felt it feels like a mini series or something, or like maybe there are eight episodes here and they chopped it down, you know, it's in the way that you watch like Obi-Wan's show and you're like this mm-hmm. would have made an amazing movie yeah. like you could just cut this down to a great two hours or something like this, i felt that watching this too because in reverse kind of right and then especially at the end where it's just like what happened to all the teachers and what's going on and why doesn't michelle yo have like a kick-ass like fight sequence or anything right. i don't know so. and i guess maybe they're gonna have them come back for future ones i don't know mm. i don't know that you're gonna get three sort of a list or close to, i mean i guess I guess they're all A-list now, especially with the year that Michelle Yeoh had and wow. Carrie Washington's probably A-list. But like, I don't know if you're going to get all of them back. I mean, you could do a show if you're Netflix from this. This could be sort of like your proof of concept pilot kind of situation. And then the whole deal about it being at a school is like, oh, we have new teachers and new headmasters. Yeah. And like Charlize had to leave and go fight in like some kind of magic war and save her page in the storybook. It's just weird that no one's talking about this. And we didn't know, you know, and I know that we've sort of let this podcast drift a little bit, but like I still follow Charlize like in like when she pops up as cameos in spoiler MCU movies or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, we're like, oh, cool. Like, we'll get to that eventually. Yeah. But like no one was talking about this to the point where like I didn't know this was coming out until like maybe the day before. And I sent this to you. I'm like, I, she's like eighth build. I don't know what she is, but this is out on Netflix today. And you're like, what? And so <laughs> yeah. I don't follow TV news as a job, but like I do it like it's a job. And I'm just like, like TV and film news. And I'm like, right, I don't, right. no one's talking about this. And I still don't think that anybody's talking about this. It was really <laughs> popular on Netflix, at least the day that it came out. So like okay. it, it got a pretty big opening, but I don't know what that means. Even So the trouble is like, not just like Netflix is so cluttered. But like the streaming services are so cluttered too. And it's like each of them have so much going on that I don't try and keep up. I just wait for recommendations Mm -hmm. or just like look at stuff and try it on my own here and there. But I definitely am not like reading up on all the new shows coming out. It's like, you know, I turned on Netflix the other day and I was like, what's this movie troll? This looks incredible. I had no idea this was coming. Like they don't promote. You have to search like even on Disney plus the other day I was searching for some, maybe it was like Andor or something. I was like, where is Andor? Where is it? This should be like on the banner mm-hmm. every day. And and like, you know, if they know I'm watching. Right. Like where, like, so they hide things. They just, they make it cryptic to discover. I don't know if that's a tactic. I think it, I think it is, but I don't annoying. think it works very well. It's, yeah. Oh, it's annoying, man. 
So I, I don't know. It's very strange. And I, I, I had added the this movie to my queue from the web, and so when I opened up mm. Netflix on my Fire TV, it like was the main banner. But like, I don't think okay. it would have been there had I not added. It was just like, hey, here's the thing you want to watch, right? But I know that I, I'm pretty sure probably at least the day or the week that it came out, it was probably pushed and it was in the top ten and whatever. But mm. then, I don't know. but they, I don't know what the budget is. Yeah. I don't remember. I looked up the budget, okay. but like they spend so much money on this that you would think they would push it somehow. And you know, I don't know. I don't know. Well. Here's something you should watch on Netflix, the Pepsi Challenge about the jet. Oh, that, Pepsi that, Where's My Jet. Yeah, I'm going to watch that. This that was a lot of fun. Yeah. <laughs> so like that, they're not pushing that either. And I was, I'm, I don't hear anyone talking about it. I was like, has anyone else watched this Pepsi show? Like, this is fun. Yeah. Is it a show or is it a movie? It's like four episodes. Oh, yeah. I thought it was a movie. No, I did mm. too. I turned it on. I thought it was a movie. And I was like, wait a minute. The end of episode one. But hey, there's nice, cool twists and turns. So okay. worth cool. it. Definitely worth it. So the whole like premise of this mm-hmm. story seems to be like I'm going to say this in a way that sounds maybe racist but is like I don't mean it to be but that's the, the vibe of the movie's getting. Look at the white girl, she can't possibly be bad and look at the black girl, she can't possibly be good. Yeah, I mean that that is sort of the vibe. I mean but like what I think is kind of clever about it is the kind of whole twist of the end, which was that Lawrence Fishburne is actually the evil brother. Yes. So we didn't mention that like the school was founded by a good brother and an evil brother and had an epic battle. And, and the movie makes it seem like the good brother won and Lawrence Fishburne is him grown up as the headmaster. But in, in reality, the evil brother won and he's been sort of like guiding these girls in certain directions or at least mm-hmm. one of them mm-hmm. in a certain direction and the twist that he reveals is that he's been sort of like making fairy tales toxic like from the beginning you know and saying like what is good isn't good like being beautiful and smiling and all the things they're teaching at the good school like makes you bad and so there's a funny it's like a twist on like the woke right yeah. like, and yeah. i think mm-hmm. that was a very clever commentary but just a very clumsy road to get to a very kind of smart twist i don't think a lot of people are going to understand because they glossed over it so quickly and and it makes all the stuff leading up to it feel like um uncomfortable yeah but i think it's interesting that that's the case but again like it starts years and years and years ago with like the two young boys Mm -hmm. battling it's good versus evil or whatever and then they flash forward i'm just like is that it's going to matter, but like, I don't know how that matters yet. And then like the twist, like it, it's all set up, but there's so much, again, two and a half hours, like two twenty, maybe without credits. Like there's just so much story here. Yeah. And I feel like by the end you're like, all oh, right, there were two brothers or like they, they mentioned mm-hmm. cause they, they see the one brother, but you never see the other brother. And it's, it's tough because it doesn't focus on what's sort of important plot wise. It just tries and, and shows it through the eyes of the students, which in a movie like this, you know, it's tough because there's too much information that needs to come across and building this entire world. And they don't take the benefit of shorthand by like having Captain Hook's son dressed like a fucking pirate, please dress, dress him like a pirate so we can differentiate him or so, you know what I'm yeah, saying? Like yes. they don't, they don't have like very distinguished looks. Like it just feels like a lot of certain things kind of had to fall by the wayside money wise, maybe, or time wise for other things to work out. And it just feels a little like, unbalanced on that end as well because we have here at least captain hook's kid king arthur's kid the sheriff nottingham's daughter are all there but like at a certain point just like generic handsome teenager and i don't know who's who other than like all the evers happily ever after all the nice all the good students wear like pretty dresses and Mm -hmm. are generally blonde roughly 
And then all the nevers are all like goth kids. Right. And like you can tell who's who. But beyond that, it's like I don't really know the differentiation. Like there's the one who's kind of like the nemesis. Like there's also the true evil and whatever and true love. And I'm just like I get the sense of like who three or four of these kids are. But the rest just like if you're King Arthur's kid, you should not like fall to the wayside. Right. Yeah. Like sure, he's got Excalibur. But like where's his armor or like where's his clothes that represent, you know, medieval armor or something? You know, do do that kind of link to it. And, you know, if you're going to have like that one girl who who's um mother was clearly a witch like make her a specific witch like the one from hansel and gretel so that like she loves candy or something yeah. i don't know you gotta or she hates candy or she ha- there you go because yeah because she's like my mom enough of it my mom eats terribly i gotta grow i gotta eat all vegetables mm-hmm. that or would be a great see we're already i'd rather see that punching it up punching it up <laughs> I do love Charlize here. I do love her just her. One of her very first lines in here is now, excuse me, I have fresh villainy to attend to yeah. showtime. And then she just does her thing. And I'm like, this is great. Yep. I also loved like they, you know, I, I, I read the wiki before I watched the movie and I know that they had said something about, you know, a new type of villain. Right. And mm. part of the way through the movie, the evil brother appears to Sophie. Right. And he's like, to, he appears to both of them and it's yeah. just like, hey, you're doing a great job, dot, 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 Sophie. <laughs> and I was like, and she, and Charlie just looks like crestfallen, right? Right. And I'm like, oh, this is like a, a Snow White, Kristen Stewart jealousy thing. But the brother goes away and she's just like, no, whatever we need to do to make him happy, we're going to do. I'm like, oh, this is the kind of a nice twist because I thought for a second she was going to be the jealous, like, I hate yeah. this girl. It's meant to be me. But she's like, no, this girl's the future. I want to make him happy, and I like that element of it. Yeah, I like that stuff too, and that's why I just, you know, if there was just less of that sort of, and there can't be, but if there was less of that teen angsty stuff, like yeah. there's there'd be room to explore the lore a bit more and understand it because it is confusing, not knowing. But that, you know, could be part of the, you know, um, sort of like the lens of the movie is like, you know, you you you're a student here, so you don't know exactly what's going on. They want a mystery to solve, but it's feels very complicated. Yes. I don't know if it's just like, I think if I was maybe more invested, I would have been more into it. But again, I was just like, I don't like, there's so much here. Like at one point I thought it was going to be a musical because like they just start mm. singing a song, but it's just like a, just like, I guess a pop song I didn't well, know because then there's the Olivia point. Rodrigo song. There's a Billie Eilish song. There's this yeah. Vi cover of Britney Spears Toxic. And like, yeah. it's a cool, like, I get what they're doing. Yeah. But I was just like, if this, is this a musical? Cause like it would, it would make sense if it's a musical. It's just like, here's everything. Yeah. Yeah. It, it should have been like enchanted. Right, mm-hmm. like the Amy Adams movie, that that was hilarious, and like, I don't know, that that struck the balance right. Uh, I agree too. Like, I I didn't expect this to be a musical, but I kind of wish it had more uh, song and dance stuff going on because that, frankly, like keeps my attention these days. You know, <laughs> like yeah. people, like a, it's like almost like oh, a flash mob just broke out in the middle of school, like at lunch. Well, okay. there are like dances and there are battles and there's there's a lot of like spectacle in this. Mm-hmm. And when they do that, it it's better. Like, I don't think of Paul Feig as like an action director, even though he made Spy and Spy is great. Like, I don't mm-hmm. think of him that way. And Ghostbusters is fine. But I think, you know, we talked about recently on Too Fast, like when we did the Transporter movies or we did the Triple X movies or whatever. And Joe's like, I can't follow. It's like, no, because it's poorly directed. This is clear. I think this is very well done. Yes. And the CGI is good. There's a lot of it, but it, I think it looks pretty good. I like it. It's just that, like, 
they're fighting for stakes in a world that I don't really care about. Mm-hmm. And that's not a knock against the movie because like even though I generally have a taste of a 13-year-old girl in <laughs> in this instance it's not no. And and I think and as cool as a lot of it is and like I mean some of it isn't exactly that well written like I do find the characters to be uh one to half a note, you know, like they don't explore their lineage at all for any of these legacy children. Mm-hmm. Um and the main girls uh basically the uh Sophie is just like I'm in the wrong school. I'm in the wrong school. The whole movie Even that's though their they're, thing. they're both of them in the they keep saying they're in the wrong yeah, school, but like but, you could tell that both of them are in the right school. Yes. They're just like they're unwilling to admit the fact that like She's kind of mean or like the 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 quote unquote witch is actually like kind of hard. Yes, yes. And so that was my other point is that like who is it? Is it Brunhilde? Agatha. Agatha. Brunhilde. I don't know where Love I got that. that from. Well, you said witch, I guess. Um, I think that was the one from Looney Tunes. But like her whole thing in the whole movie is like, we're going home. We're going home. Yeah. We're going home. Yeah. We're going home. Yeah. And, it's, and it, they literally like like switch on a dime at one point and I like don't know what made them change their minds. I don't know either. And I also like the, you know, they're, the schools are separate, but they're close enough that they like never have a problem getting to each other, but they're lunch together. I don't know, but not together, like in the same room, but But, not together. Like segregated because at one point it becomes a Romeo and Juliet where Sophie in the school for evil is dating like the guy that like Agatha (laughs) is kind of in love with too or whatever. And so they're like, oh, I can't believe that they've spent all day together. And like, it's the talk uh, of the town. I, I was shocked because the whole movie, I was like, they're clearly in love with each other. Like, that's the movie. And so the girls. like, yeah, the girls. Yeah. So like when they start falling for Prince Charming, I was like, what yeah. is, wait, what? Like you had it. And then at the end, their true love, are they are each other's true loves, you know, but friendship and like, okay, I understand maybe we're mm-hmm. not entirely there yet, but like, it just felt like they pulled back on a on a moment or like an opportunity there where that could have been front and center um, where like they're separated, but want to be together or whatever. So, and I feel like there was an opportunity and they never really go to like, I I don't want to go to the other side. I'm not in the wrong place. I should be with my friend. And I don't think either of them ever says I should be with my friend. No, it's like, I'm in the wrong place. But like, if they both got their way, then Sophie would be in the school for good and Agatha would be in the school for evil, but they would both be well, happy. Like Agatha would just be home in the real world and Sophie would be in the school for good. Like that's the But way Agatha I, hates it at home though because everybody makes fun of her and says she's a witch. But she hates it more there because it's not what she wanted. You know, that's what I'm saying. It's like, it's very yeah. loose. It's like they need more density there. Like why doesn't she want to be home? Like, I don't know. And, and, and you know, like Sophie's home life she has like the quote unquote evil stepmother, but like she's not, she stands up to her. She's not that evil. And we really don't have enough real world establishment, which by the way, I thought was the fantasy world because mm-hmm. it is just like medieval times. Yeah. Question mark. It's very hard to see like what planet we're on, what dimension we're in. Well, cause it's not Harry Potter where like Harry doesn't, I guess most of the world, most of the wizarding world of the entire wizarding world knows that like Hogwarts is a thing. And that's where kids go. Harry, cause we're following through his eyes thinks the world is normal yeah. and then they're like no you're a wizard you got to come with us but these girls both know that this exists and when they get captured they're like oh i guess it's happening it's not like <laughs> what is this it's just like oh well, this is our time right it, and and it's not it's funny because like you can do that that's the matrix you know like neo knows the matrix speaking of fish fish mm-hmm. uh, neo knows like the matrix exists and once he like discovers it like sure he like needs a moment but like he learns he like yeah. okay i know how to like work work my way through the matrix now and like all right and we that's the movie and that's awesome so I yeah know. i don't know um 
Anything else? I <laughs> Sophie is an old witch by the end. I'm like, why is this happening? Oh, okay. embrace the ugly kind of. I get, I get but, why, but like, why? Uh, yeah, and and those are maybe the makeup effects aren't as good as the uh, you know special uh, CGI effects. Like the CGI is insane. Like that looks like it's there, mm -hmm. whereas the makeup is like. This you is know, like stereotypical off. CGI or stereotypical evil witch, old hag. Just like, yeah. Okay. Like uh, the Angelica Houston one, The Witches, that mm -hmm. movie. Mm -hmm. It just scared the shit out of me. At okay. one point toward the end, I don't remember who says it. I think I think it's Agatha talking to maybe Prince Charming, but they're talking about family and she says no one should ever give up a family. I'm like, all right, uh -huh. that's pretty fast and furious uh -huh. there. <laughs> And I do like that there is that the title is kind of a spoiler because like there's two separate schools, but it's like no, we're at the end. It's just like no, it's gonna be one school now. We're all gonna learn together. So it's not the schools. Oh, I didn't notice that for good and evil. I guess it's one because he's the he's the headmaster of like the whole thing. So maybe it's just one entity. But instead of just, I also thought it was the school of good and evil, but it's the school for good and evil. So what not do you call it now? Just the same the thing. The school for good and evil. So you don't change the name, even though they're gonna integrate the fairy tale school. I guess. I don't know. Why would they still teach evil? This is going to be interesting if they do do a sequel to be like, what is, what constitutes good and evil in today's world? <laughs> like, yeah. <laughs> the only other thing I liked was I liked Michelle Yeoh's frustration with being demoted to the beauty. She's like, you think I want to just teach the kids how to smile? Like, I want to do more. I don't want to do this. Yeah. She should be teaching, you know, how to kick ass and defend yourself yeah. from, from evil things. The only other thing is that we end with basically it's just like, hey, it's ready for a sequel. And then in the credits, we get an Anne Charlize Theron, which is a nice little touch. Oh, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, you gotta, I, I, you know, we talked about it a bit when we were first doing Cage and stuff. Like sometimes we say, if he got the and, who'd get the and? Mm -hmm. I remember mm -hmm. I noticed I kind of dropped off on that, but I'm starting to remember again how like sort of important that means in, uh, in, in like credits and stuff. Yeah. So, any other notes that you have about this movie? I don't think so. Would you recommend people watch it? Okay, so like I think if you're a parent and your kids are interested in stuff like fairy tales and Harry Potter and things, but like Harry Potter is kind of dated already at this point a little sure, bit. Yep. Like, yeah, show them this one and see if they're digging any of what's going on here. And then I think you can introduce them to like the wider spectrum of all the other stuff that's involved, like like Charlize's other movie with Kristen Stewart with the you know that Snow White and the Huntsman. That, yep. That's mm -hmm. like a level up from this for mm -hmm. sure. Um, yeah. So we have to do in the coming months the two Adams Family movies, which we we're going to do in October, and then that just didn't happen. But we are going to do the Adams Family movies either as one or maybe two. Uh, we have the Old Guard, that other Netflix movie that she did, mm. and we have F Nine as well. She also has a cameo in spoilers, but people know by now Doctor Strange: The Multiverse of Madness, and the mid credits or post credit scene. Mm -hmm. So she's presumably going to be in something. Yes, MCU down the line. Um, she's also in, again, a show that I think you watch that I have not seen yet, but she's in one episode of The Boys. Oh. Oh, yes. She is in, uh, yeah, in the new season three, I think. Yeah. Or is, are they on season four? I have no uh, idea. She's in the first episode of the new season that was just out. Yeah. Okay. It was very fun. And then on IMDb, there are three upcoming projects, Fast 10, which will be out in May, I believe. Oh, so maybe we'll do F9 and Fast 10 around okay. the same time, which will be good. Then we also have... Atomic Blonde 2, which was supposed Whoa. to come out in 2019. Does that mean it's filmed and they've just been waiting? It's in production. Okay. Still. Okay. And then the Old Guard 2, which I just oh. mentioned, the, the original Old Guard, but the Old Guard 2. So she's got three sequels in the hopper, no originals. But like, All right. I like that in a world where nothing is a secret anymore, that her popping up in Doctor Strange 2 was just like, oh, I didn't know that. That's cool. Yeah, I had no idea that that was happening. And 
I had actually like I'm not the deepest Doctor Who uh, Doctor Who. There we go. I'm not the deepest Doctor Strange like head. Like I didn't read all of his books, so I didn't really know a lot about that character. So when she showed up, I was like, that could be like two or three people, maybe. I don't know. Like I'm losing my Marvel card tonight. Yeah. <laughs> you know. I had Nico explain it to me. Nico host of Access for Podcasts, and oh, I, yeah. I don't for, I don't remember Nicopedia what he said, but it was something like she's like Doctor Strange's girlfriend or something. Yeah, she's basically a sorceress supreme, I think, and then they've been together since uh, the '60s or something. <laughs> But thank you for listening. If you are still subscribed to this feed, congratulations. New episode. Yeah, and if you were unsubscribed but found the show and resubscribed, thanks for that too. Uh, go to cageclub.me slash shows for all of our new shows. There are up, There's like 32 or 33 shows now on the network. Mike and I are in his house right now. We are going to record a new episode of Viva Pod Vegas, our Elvis Presley podcast, which I think... Oh, yeah. I don't think existed when we started, or no. maybe it did. I don't remember. I don't think so, no. Around the same time-ish, but... Go check that out. Every month, Mike has a third time to charm. He's got a Monsters That Made Us. He's on other shows. We do things. I have Too Fast, Too Forever, How to Win the Lottery, Lots and 1999 on the podcast. Again, new episodes almost every day at cageclub.me. Just go there, poke around. Email mailbag at cageclub.me. I think it was watch at cageclub. Just email mailbag at cageclub.me. If you have a preference for which one of her movies we do next, Ooh, we'll, yeah. do, we'll do That's that gonna take a Make a poll. Do a poll. But thank you again. And for all things, go to cageclub.me and at cageclubpod on Twitter and Instagram. I'm Joey Lewandowski. And I'm Mike Manzi. And we'll see you next time right here on Watch the Throne.